talk today about, uh, if you're writing a title down, about how God speaks. How does God speak to us? How does He speak to us? And, uh, you know, you hear phrases, people say, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord said to me. You know, well, how did He talk to you? You know, you hear people say that. Did, he, did people hear Him audibly, like with your, these ears here? Or did they hear them in their spirit or their mind or so forth and so on? And I want to clarify some of those things. I feel like the Lord, now some of the stuff that we're going to c- cover here may seem repetitive, but that's okay. Okay? Because uh, that's how we learn precept upon precept. I can't tell you how many times my spiritual father, Brother Hagen, I heard him preach almost the same thing over and over and over again. Amen? In a little different light. But if you keep your heart open and your mind open, you can hear things and see things that you didn't hear the first and second and third time. Amen. And I think it's just vitally important that we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd in these last days. Amen. That we home in our hearing to hear what he's saying. Amen. You know, uh, I'm sure every one of you here have uh, heard of this thing called a dog whistle. You ever hear of a, see a dog whistle before? Now they've put them, these little contraptions, you can put them on, it's been out for years, you can put them in the front of your car, and they're for deer, okay? And it's a frequency when, you're, when the car's, car's going down the road, you know, it's moving, um, the wind passes through this little opening, okay? And uh, humans can't hear it, but the deer can, okay? Hallelujah. And uh, so in other words, there's a frequency of hearing that animals hear, okay, that humans don't hear, all right? There's also a frequency of God where He is speaking, and a lot of people can't hear or don't hear what He's saying. But the Scripture says, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So it's possible to have physical ears but not have spiritual ears to pick up what the Lord is saying. Amen? But there's nothing more exciting to me than hearing from heaven, hearing from God. Everything that I do in life, I endeavor to hear from Him first. Okay? I endeavor to hear from Him first. Glory be to God. And so we're going to talk about that. If you go to your Bibles, uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, let's read that out of this, out of the NLT. That's the New Living Translation. Father, we set ourselves in full agreement today that we'll have ears to hear what you are saying to us and eyes that are opened spiritually. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. you believe that? So, we have this account here in the book of Samuel. And we're talking about how God speaks. I'm so excited about this. I could literally spend the whole day here teaching on this. I'm not going to do that. I respect your time. But I could spend from here till 6 o'clock tonight teaching on this and not exhaust the subject. There's so much going on this particular subject but it's just, it's just vitally important to hear from Him. Amen? Let me just say it like this. If you hear from heaven on a daily basis, your days of depression are kicked out. Out. You ever kicked something out of your house before? Yes. <laughs> Not your wife, your husband. <laughs> but you know... Maybe there's a fly in your house, some insects in your house, and you kick it out, right? Exodus, get out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, if you hear from God, and we're, folks, we're supposed to hear from God every single day. Do you know God wants to talk to you every day? Amen? 
you know, this is my lovely wife here, and my kids are here, you know. Um, there's not a day that goes by that I don't talk to them. I don't have to talk to them. I want to talk to them. Amen. Amen? Because when you love someone, you want to communicate with them. Amen? When you love some person, it doesn't have to be a husband or wife. It can be anybody in your family or friends. When you love somebody, you want to communicate with them. How much more does our Father, which is in heaven, love us, who also wants to communicate with you and me on a daily basis? Amen? Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you know, the Lord doesn't have to say something deep or some deep revelation to you every day. He, he just wants you sometimes just to receive His love. Receive His love. Amen? Uh, and again, there's not a day that goes by. Now, I, I don't think there's, a, I don't think, as far as I know, I haven't missed a day yet. I really haven't in all these years that I don't tell my wife or my kids that I love them every day, whether it's a text or in person or both. Isn't that true? Every single day. Now, you can get acclimated to that. You can get used to that. It's like case of Ross or Ra, you know what I mean? But you know what? God wants to communicate his love with us. Amen. Sometimes I'll just be going along, minding my own business, doing something, you know. I could be at a mall or a grocery store or whatever, driving in my car, <clears throat> and the Lord will speak up in my spirit. And I don't hear it with these ears. I hear it inside here where you hear them too. Your ears are in here spiritually. And uh, he'll say, son, I just want you to know that I love you today. Amen. Now, a lot of times you could brush that off. You could brush that off and say, well, that's just me making up those words. I don't think so. You have a God that lives on the inside of you. He lives in you. And if he's in you, that's as close as you can get. Amen? We're in this room, but we're not in each other. But the Lord is in this room, and he's in us. And if he's in us, he's able to communicate with us. And sometimes it might seem like it's just you, but if he can get across certain things to you, his love to you, and receive his love... That's really encouraging. It's like walking down the street hand in hand with Jesus. And you see him. You look at him. You see him. And he looks over and says, I just want you to know I got you today. I got your back today. I love you today. How would that make you feel? Just a thought, isn't it? Well, he's in us. He's in us. He's not just for us. He is for us, but he's also in us. Israel had God with them and God for them, but they did not have God in them. If God be for us, who can be against us? Christ in you, the hope of glory. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Amen? So we have the third thing. God is not only with us and for us, but he's in us. Hope, Christ in you, hope of glory. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, you can't lose. You cannot lose unless you do it on purpose or by default. Amen. I will not lose because I choose to believe God lives on the inside of me. Amen. No matter how you feel, sometimes you need to get up in the morning, your body's like, oh, oh, I'm just tired. You know, I just don't, man, you know, kind of feel under the weather or whatever, you know. I'll put the weather under our feet. Amen? The weather's not supposed to control how we feel. <laughs> Amen? 
That always goes over real well. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the scripture here. Let's look at this. In Samuel, we see here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10 in the, in the translation, the New Living Translation. Let's read this. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli, that's the high priest. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. We can't say that now. And visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was the high priest, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. But Samuel, now remember Samuel was a young boy at this point. Remember that? Was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called him out. Samuel. He called his name. Aren't you glad when God calls you, he calls you by your name? Not someone else's name. Amen. Uh, yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli and he said, did you call me? Question mark. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. That sounds like what parents will say to their kids. Go back to bed. Then the Lord called him out again a second time, Samuel. And again he got up and he went to Eli. He said, here am I. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. That's the second time. Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So there's always a first time for everything, right? And so the Lord called him a third time. And once more Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Did you call me? Here I am. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. All right? So he had said to Samuel, Go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, here's the advice. Say, say this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. That's a good response. Speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. And the Lord called him as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Can you have an amen? amen. All right, so... There's some things that we can learn from this, and I'll just mention this, uh, about this scenario here with Samuel, who was a, a young child at this point. And you remember his, his mother, Hannah, was childless. She couldn't have a child. Remember that? And she inquired of the Lord and so forth, and the Lord gave her a, a son, Samuel, and she says, I will dedicate him in the temple of God. And that's exactly what she did. And so here he is. And... Uh, so here's the first point we want to bring out. We're talking about how to hear when God speaks to us. You can never be too young to hear from God. Point number one, you can never be too young to hear from God. Okay? Number two, you can hear God speak but not recognize His voice. You can hear God speak but not yet recognize His voice because Samuel thought that the high priest Eli was actually calling him out. Say, Samuel, he thought it was him. That's why he went to him, you know. And then thirdly, here's what we can learn from this. If you respond correctly, God will reveal more. When he made the statement, speak, Lord, thy servant is listening, we won't read the rest of the chapter there, but God began to speak more abundantly to Samuel regarding the house 
of Eli. And you know, Eli was a high priest. He had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And Eli, although he was called of God to be a high priest in the temple, in the tabernacle, he did some things wrong. He never disciplined his kids. And his kids were having prostitutes outside the tabernacle. Can you believe that? You know? And judgment time was coming where God was going to judge the house of Eli. And that's exactly what was going to happen. And when God began to reveal to Samuel what was going to happen, Eli was curious. He said, well, what did the Lord say? He was hesitant because it had to do with judgment. It was coming to Eli and his two sons. Okay? And we know what happened, the rest of the story right there. Amen? But, you know, we're talking about hearing from God. Amen? Hearing from God. If there's ever a time that we needed to hear more accurately, it's always been the case, but I think more than ever before. If there's ever been a time for us to hear accurately what God is saying, it's right now. Okay? And I'll say this, you know, without going too far, far ahead of myself here, that when God speaks to you, it will always encourage you, even if it's correction. Okay? The, the Word of God is profitable unto men for edification, correction, so forth and so on. Amen? And... Uh, when God speaks to us, He's going to give us the information that we need that's going to help us in the very present moment. I look what the book, the book of Psalms says, that God is our very present help in the time of need. Say present. present. Now, you know, that's right now. Because when you need help, you need it right now. It doesn't say that God's our past help or our future help. He says our very present help. In the time of need. Present help. Hallelujah. Because when you want help, you need it right now. And I thank God that He is a present help in the time of need. That means right now. When you go to God, say, Father, I need some help right now. I ask you for help right now. That's why Hebrews chapter 4 says, Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. For what reason? That we might obtain mercy. Find grace to help in the time of need. When is that? No. Right now. Hallelujah. Say, God is my helper. God is my helper. Right now. Right now. So he, he begins to help you right now. And you'll get to the place where you'll, there'll be an expectation in your spirit that when you ask God, you're not going to think, well, maybe next week I'll get information. He's going to speak to you as, as you anticipate Him or have an expectation of Him, the quicker He'll talk to you. Many times the reason things are delayed is we don't have an expectation of Him talking to us right now. We put everything off to the future. But God actually wants to speak to us right now. Hallelujah. And He's good at doing that. Amen. So like I said, there's nothing more exciting than to hear from heaven, to hear from Him. Inquire of Him about everything in your life. Don't just go to God when your back's up against the wall, you know, and, and that, you know, things are falling apart, so to speak, you know, and it's okay to go to Him but practice going to Him every single day. Even when things are good. Practice going to Him. Practice asking Him things. You know, you're not going to get on God's nerves if you ask Him for help every day. Okay? I, I, I know what I can do. I know what I can do without God. And it's Zippo. You know what that means. Nothing. Even Jesus himself said, I can of my own self do nothing. So his reliance, 
Jesus is our example. His reliance was upon Jesus. I don't care if you go on vacation, if you go out and jog or walk or whatever, acknowledge the Lord in that. Amen. You go to your, on your job, acknowledge God. Acknowledge Him. Expect Him to talk to you. And He will. And like I said, many times he doesn't, we don't hear Him speaking to us because we're not expecting Him to speak to us. But He will talk to us in any given situation. Many times I've been with people and I'm talking with them, conversing, and I've, I, I hear what they're saying, but yet I have another ear that's tuned into the Holy Spirit to see, Lord, what do you want to inject here? Is there something that, that you want me to say that's going to help this person? Amen? When I'm, with, when I'm with anybody, I don't care who it is, I'm looking to add something to their lives. I don't care if I meet somebody on the street. I don't care if I, for the first time I run into someone, this is my heart, this is my desire. When I run into someone, I'm like, is there something I can impart to them that will help them? It could be anything. It could be just a kind word. It may not necessarily be the gospel or the word of God being preached to them at that moment. Sometimes it's just planting seeds with people of kindness. Okay? After all, if you're going to see someone on more than a one-time basis, you know, um, some people you're around, you're going to see them over and over again. You have the opportunity to plant seeds of kindness to them. And when they want seeds of kindness and listening to people, being an ear to people, you know, being kind to people, um, what's going to happen is any walls that they might have are going to be broken down. And deep down, instinctively, they're going to trust you because they know your character and who you are. Amen? Praise God. Just an awesome thing to love people. It's all about people, isn't it? Do you know the ministry is about people? I ran into a minister years ago. He was a friend of mine, actually. He said, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. <laughs> and he was serious. And he was a pastor. He didn't stay in that position. <laughs> I'm serious. I couldn't be more serious. He said, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. Excuse me, but the ministry, what's it about? It's about human beings. It's about people that have problems. Okay? And there's no perfect person. None of us. You know? Praise the Lord. There's no perfect person. But it's about people. Ministry is about lives. People. They're the most valuable asset on the planet. Human beings. People think about investments and this and that, silver and gold and everything else, you know, platinum and all these different things, investing. There's nothing more expensive on the earth than human beings. Amen? And if you can add one aspect to a person's life that's going to help them, why not be that vessel? Well, if I'm self-absorbed, if I'm selfish, self-conscious, I'm not going to do that. If I'm always thinking about me, I'm looking for someone else to minister to me. I don't ever, ever go into an atmosphere to see how can someone minister to me. I don't. Does it happen? Sure. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for God to minister to me. But yet, more importantly, I'm looking to minister to someone else. The Bible, even Paul even said, look not every man on his own things, but on the things of others. Don't just be interested in your own affairs, but be interested in the affairs of others. Because when you take care of someone else's need, God will see to it that He'll take care of your need. 
any need, whatever it is, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever, financial, if we take care of other people, he will take care of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So if there's ever been a time for us to hear from the Lord, it's now. So we talked about, use the example of uh, how that there's a frequency that, that animals will hear. And can I read something to you real quick here? You remember years ago in Sri Lanka when there was a um, tsunami? It's been many, many years now. But you remember, I remember it happened on a weekend that I was preaching. This is years ago. And you remember seeing images of that and film, film of that and that, that, that tidal wave or the uh, tsunami came in? 24th. 24th. Okay. It was a while back. It was, it's been a good 15, 20 years, something like that. But um, here's something interesting. I read an article and I wrote it down here. There's a, a, a girl that lived in Sri Lanka. Her name is Korea. That's K-O-R-E-A. Not that that means anything. She said uh, she had immigrated to the United States about 20 years ago. Said that, or He said that his friends noticed unusual animal behavior before the tsunami. Some animals are, have an acute sense of hearing and smell that allow them to determine if something is coming towards them long before humans might know that something is up. And so over there, you know, they had elephants and things of that nature, and they started heading for the hills, you know, and people were like, what's going on? What's, what's going on? Well, they had a perception. They had something in them that God put in them that they were able to pick up something, a uh, frequency, if you will. They heard something that human beings didn't have, and they went for high ground, okay? So in other words, they were able to hear something that uh, human beings couldn't hear, okay? But... I said that to say this because now that you're in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you, you can hear things that the world cannot hear. In fact, you can hear things that even other believers don't hear. Because spiritual development is part, part and parcel of that is learning how to hear what he's talking to us about. Many times when we're new believers, we don't know. We're not trained. We're not developed in our spiritual keenness and awareness of what God is saying to us. Okay? In every crisis of life, in every situation that you face, learn to tune your ear into the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to teach you how to do that. Learn to tune into the Holy Spirit even when it looks like things are falling apart around you. Tune in to what He's saying because I can tell you this, you won't freak out if you hear from God. <laughs> you will not freak out if you hear from God. No matter how bad the situation is. Now, I know a little bit about this because I've had a little more experience, you know, just, just going through things. You know what I'm saying? And you're on the earth long enough, you figure out there's things that you go through. And the best thing is you can learn from certain things. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to continue learning. I want to learn, I want to grow. Not just Bible things. I want to learn things. I want to grow. I want to expand my, my thinking. Right? Hallelujah. I thought about getting a pilot's license. I'm not kidding you. Okay? Right? I have my CDL license. Well, that's a start. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, um, you know, 
But, uh, you know, I'm inquiring the Lord about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to take you all on a special trip. <laughs> okay. But I'm like, why not? You know, if you're going to be here another 30, 40 years, why not learn some things? What are you going to be doing 30 years down the road anyway? <laughs> right? Why not, why not get a higher education? Why not take a course or, or do something to grow and expand your thinking? And your, you know what I'm saying? It's not just all spiritual things. Right? And, uh, and it just keeps you on your toes. It keeps you, gives you an edge because you're always learning and you're growing in the things of God. Amen? You know, the Lord is not just interested in just spiritual things. That's important. But He's interested in natural things as well. Okay? Now, I want to uh, share something with you. And some of you that have been here, you've heard me say this before, but I want to say about three years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, probably three or four in the morning. This is about three or four years ago that this happened. And that's, um, for the most part, that's when I've heard the Lord speak specifically to me. Sometimes I'll hear a song and recently I had a song coming to me in the middle of the night. I'm like, I never heard this song before, but it was, you know, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And I heard it. I heard the whole thing in my spirit. Hallelujah. And it was encouraging, you know. But in the middle of the night, I woke up, and, and many times, uh, it, and I think it's because that time of the night, you know, your mind is, is at rest. During the day, you know, you're thinking about doing this and doing that. But in the middle of the night, you're more conscious or conscientious of your spirit man talking to you. And many times in the night, because I don't usually sleep and I go to bed, I don't just sleep straight on through the night. I'll sleep a little bit, get up, go back to bed, wake up a little bit. You know, you know what I'm talking about? But a lot of times, uh, it's during that time where I'll hear the Lord, uh, I'll hear Him speak to me. And I heard Him say these words. And I know it was Him because I don't even use this word. Okay? He'll some, sometimes use words that I would never even use in everyday language. You know what I'm saying? And he said this. I heard this, not with these ears, but in here. The epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. Here's what he said to me. The epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. Now, I've heard the word epicenter before. And it was always in reference to an earthquake, right? An earthquake. Okay, to my knowledge, I don't know that I ever even, I've heard that word, but I don't, would ever use it in normal everyday conversation. Unless you're working for the Weather Channel or something. You know what I'm saying? How many use that word? It's probably not that often, you know what I'm saying? And so, I, I, I got that it branded in my spirit. So I wrote it and I wrote it down. He said, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born again human spirit. Okay? Now, usually when they refer to the epicenter in a earthquake situation, it has to mean the core, the center, where it started of the earthquake. So I did, you know what a thesaurus is? That's not a dinosaur. Okay? A thesaurus will take a word and use other words to describe the same thing. So I looked it up in a thesaurus, and, and it means this, the command post, <coughs> headquarters, the main hub. <coughs> it 
Somebody get me one of those waters back there. <coughs> Excuse me. The control center, the heart. <coughs> Thank you. Can we just thank him for a second here and take a break second here? <clears throat> Hallelujah. <coughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The devil's a liar, isn't he? Not going to stop me from preaching this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Epicenter. Everybody say epicenter. God said the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born again human spirit. <coughs> and again, that means command post, headquarters, main hub, control center, heart or core. Okay? The epicenter of, I'll say it again, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born again human spirit. Not in the mind. <clears throat> but in the human spirit. Hallelujah. So when God talks to us, He's talking to us from our spirit which is the epicenter of where he lives. Are you with me? <coughs> Excuse me. Just bear with me here, okay? For example, uh, news stations like the Weather Channel, for example. Um, ever watched the Weather Channel before? Okay. Well, they have a main center. I think it's in Colorado now. Is that where? It used to be Colorado. I don't know. Okay, so in other words, you're watching on TV. You're watching the Weather Channel. Well, the epicenter of the Weather Channel, let's just say, I think it's in Colorado. Okay. All right. So that will be the epicenter. Okay. Uh, the Fox News Channel the epicenter is in New York City. They're broadcasting from New York City. All right? You got CNN. They're broadcasting from hell. Okay. That's not a joke. That's the truth. And they're in Atlanta, Georgia, of course, but, you know. Amen. So, in other words, there's a, there's a main hub. There's a central place. The control center. And it's kind of like with, uh, you know, from where we're at right now, where this hotel is on a clear day, you can look out, because we're up on a hill, and it's pretty high up here, and you can look out and see the tower at the airport from here. How I many you know what I'm talking about? You can go out in the front here, you can look up, in the Pittsburgh International Airport, you can look up, and you can see the tower, the control tower. And that will be the epicenter of where they speak, you know, um, radio control tower where they control the flights. 
They speak to all the different flights that are coming in from all over the country, even, even overseas, because it's an international airport. Okay? That will be the epicenter. And so they're broadcasting from there. They're communicating with pilots that are literally miles and miles away. Okay? But the epicenter is right there. Okay? I'm using these illustrations to help, help you understand that God speaks to us. God talks to us. But he talks to us out of our spirits. And that's why sometimes we say, I feel like it's just he's speaking from here because that's your core. Amen? When you got born again, yes, your sins were forgiven. Aren't you glad for that? As far as the east is, from the west, he's removed our transgressions. Amen. But we didn't just get forgiveness of sin when we got born again. We became a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit took up residence on the inside of you when you got born again. How many remember when you got born again? Oh my goodness. I remember it so vividly when I was a 16-year-old teenager. Memorial Day weekend, seven, no, 1776. <laughs> 1976. The bicentennial year. Yeah, I've been around a while. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I remember when they invented the wheel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying now? Um, but when I got, I got born again as a 16-year-old teenager in 1976 in Memorial Day weekend at a youth retreat. You know, you've heard my testimony. Well, without saying anything else, I, drast, I was drastically changed. I mean, I, did I understand Bible things? Absolutely not. The guy gave me one verse. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, let, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. For we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. Well, he said, you're not saved by your works. The guy that led me to Christ. I thought my good deeds got me saved. That's what I was taught in my Methodist church. Well, it was wrong. I had wrong doctrine. Well, I opened my heart up to that. And I was with a buddy, a friend of mine. We got saved. <clears throat> you know, you've heard my testimony at Jim Monville, the Methodist youth camp, right up here in Uniontown on the top of the hill with that 200-foot cross. You know, that's where I got saved. That's also where I answered the call to the ministry. Amen? Well, that place is sacred to me. Well, I knew that something transpired in my life, and it wasn't just forgiveness of sins. Something moved on the inside of me. Now, it wasn't until a couple, two or three years later that I got into a church that was teaching me about what happened to you at the new birth. But I knew something transpired. The epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. Where's God's headquarters? You ever think about that? Jesus said a statement, made a statement that'll make your hair curly if it's straight. And if your hair is curly, it'll make it straight. He said the kingdom of God is not from without. He said the kingdom of God is in you. 
He said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. In other words, you're looking out and say, there's the kingdom over there. He said, no, the kingdom is in you. The domain, the kingdom, domain, king has a domain. Well, don't try to figure that out. The fact of the matter is, I'm looking at a bunch of people right now. If you're listening on the phone call, you know, conference call this morning, if you're a believer, um, you're listening and I'm looking at people that have the kingdom on the inside of you. Wow. <clears throat> Isn't that wonderful? The epicenter, the focal point, the main hub, headquarters, where God lives, is inside your spirit. Matter of fact, Proverbs 20, 27, I'll just refer to it, says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, they used candles back in Bible's day. They didn't have light bulbs. Not until Mr. Edison came out later, right? So, for, for light, for thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years, they would use candles. Their way of transportation was horses and chariots and buggies. Amen? Until Henry Ford came along. Hallelujah. Who do you think gave them that information? The Lord did, didn't he? Praise the Lord. And there are things that God's putting in people, that's just another subject, that are going to come out soon. Inventions, supernatural things that are going to help mankind. Amen? And a lot of that has been suppressed because it comes down to this. Amen? But you'll see. Praise the Lord. The command post. Wow, I love that. The command post. God speaks to us. We're from our spirit. Do you really think, honestly, that everything that should be invented is invented? They said that years ago. They said there's, no, there's nothing more to invent. Well, listen, God's, in it. God's a creator. And he lives in people. Amen? I'll just throw that out there. Praise the Lord. So, if God lives in us, which he does, you don't know how important this is that I'm sharing this morning. Do you realize how important this is? Vitally important. Hallelujah. Go to John chapter 12. I want to show you something right here. You've heard, you know, uh, people say things like, man, I just wish God, God would speak audibly to me, you know. I just wish God would speak to me. Well, you may not want that. Okay. It says in John chapter 12, verse 28, in the New Living Translation, it says, Father, bring glory to your name. Okay? Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name. This is, there had a voice from heaven. I brought glory to my name. And so I will do it again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder. While others declared an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus told them the voice was for your benefit and not mine. So God spoke. He spoke from heaven. But it was for the benefit of the people. But that being said, even when God did speak, they thought that was just lightning and thunder. Okay? 
But was it? No, it was God speaking. Okay? God has a more accurate way in the New Testament. Because you have to understand Jesus operated as a prophet under the Old Testament. The New Testament did not occur until Jesus was raised from the dead. He was a prophet that ministered under the Old Covenant. And of course it was his blood that brought in the New Covenant. Okay? But they're, they're right side by side. Here, here you got the Old Testament and the New Testament ready to begin, the New Covenant, you know. And Jesus had to show them certain things. In the Old Testament, God could not communicate to people the way He communicates with you and me in the New Testament. Because they were spiritually dead. Okay? They were dead spiritually. Well, what, the, what does that mean? They couldn't hear from God in their spirits because they weren't born again. Their spirit was not the epicenter of God's presence. So how did God deal with them? Through outward means. Through their physical ears. You know, like with Gideon with the fleece. Remember that? Lord, if that's really you talking to me, then make the fleece wet and the ground dry. Then he reversed it. You know what I mean? We say put out a fleece, you know. That's not scriptural under the New Testament. That's like saying, Lord, if it's your will for me to do this, have someone knock on the door at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a fleece. And the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by the fleeces, they're the sons of God. Because the devil could knock, have someone knock on the door and deceive you. Are you with me now? But see, in the Old Testament, they had to, God had to talk literally audibly and physically to them because their spirit man was dead. They had to hear something here. Okay? That is actually a more inferior way where God would speak because now He doesn't speak from out towards us. He speaks from within coming out. Amen? You know, the Bible even says that we can all prophesy. Did you know every person can prophesy? Wait a minute, Brother Keith. You're going to get flaky on me here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You all, all of us as believers should be prophesying to ourselves out of our own spirits. If you develop your spirit enough, you can begin to pray in tongues and begin to interpret that or prophecy, which is equal to interpretation of tongues. And it's inspired utterance in a known tongue where you hear it and you understand it. Amen. There's been so many times in my own life where I was going, when the pressure was on, I was going through something. And I had a tongue and I had an interpretation, but it wasn't over the person over there, it was for me. <laughs> Are you with me now? Well, that's, that's the way it's supposed to operate. Amen? You can pray in the Spirit. And all of a sudden you get an idea of a concept comes to you and then you just yield to that, speak that out. Praise the Lord. Many times that's happened to me. I said, well, thank you, Lord. I didn't expect, I, I was expecting, but I didn't know that you were going to say that. I just came to him like, thank you, Lord Jesus. You say, well, pastor, what if I make a mistake? Welcome to the club. Do you think God's going to condemn you for trying something and trying to, you know, exercise your spiritual sensitivity and he's going to knock you over the head because you miss God? I don't think so. That's like 
having a kid walk for the first time and he's trying to walk and he's, he's real wobbly and you just go over and you push him down and say, what's wrong with you? You should be walking by now. Well, God doesn't do that to us. Are you with me now? Amen? Could this be stretching some of us this morning? Yes. Could this be challenging some of us this morning? Yes. Could this be pushing me out of my comfort zone a little bit? Yes. We're supposed to get out of our comfort zone of predictability. Well, we know what we're going to do every step of the way. Amen. But practice yielding to God, yielding to Him. Praise the Lord. Am I going over your head this morning? I hope, I hope to God not. But I tell you, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And, and uh, John chapter 10, let's go over there real quick here because we're uh, getting close to our closing time here. But in John chapter 10, now the first key to recognizing God's voice, if you're taking notes down, write this down. The first key to recognizing God's voice is to be born again, which enables you to hear Him. Matter of fact, when you receive Christ, you heard from Him. Stop and think about that. Now, regardless if it's, you know, a preacher on the radio or a personal friend or a minister that was sharing with you or just, you know, or just on your own, so to speak. You found out something about the plan of salvation and you made a commitment in your heart. Okay? At that moment... You were hearing from the Lord. Now, I heard the gospel myself even when I was younger, but I wasn't ready for it yet. I pushed it away. Was God ready? Of course. But I heard Billy Graham on television, you know, and I started crying. I thought, you wimp, what are you doing crying here? I'm thinking this to myself. Well, the Lord was trying to get my attention, okay? But a couple years later, I was ready. I was prepared to receive Christ. Well, when you received the Lord, you were hearing from Him. He was drawing you to Him. But you still had to open your heart and say, come in. Okay? So, the first key to hearing from God is to have your spirit born again. That opens up the doorway for you because you already heard from Him about being saved. You responded and you, you said yes. And folks, that would also include the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. That's separate from salvation, right? And a lot of Christians, they're born again, truly born again, but their spirits are not open to that. Their minds are thoroughly like cement, thoroughly mixed and well set. Because they've been taught otherwise. Tongues are of the devil. Well, excuse me, where is that found in the Bible? You know, there's a lot of things that people quote that aren't even biblical. People, I've heard people say, you know, the Bible says God will help those that help themselves. Give me a chapter and verse. It doesn't exist. Might be a Chinese proverb, but it ain't no proverbs in the Bible. So a lot of times people assume that they're scriptures, but they're not scripture. They're just sayings. Okay? Well, when you got, here's, this will qualify this right here. John chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Verily I say unto you, 
He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him the porter openeth, and the sheep, notice that the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own by name. I love that. That's personal. Amen? Remember when God was talking to the Apostle Paul? He told, the, told him the guy's name, the very street, street called Straight that he lived on. Remember that? Ananias? He knew his name, his address, and everything. Do you think he knows your name and address? That's personal. He knows where you live. Amen? The porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth them by his name, and he leadeth them out. Verse 4 says, But when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. Notice that. Goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now, Jesus uses this illustration as a shepherd and sheep. Okay? And even to this day, I know people that, that do tours in Israel. And one of these days, that will be a great heart's desire for me. When everything settles, I would love to go to Israel. That's a big heart's desire of mine to go there and see the Holy Land. Amen? And just walk through the pages of the Bible. Praise the Lord. But gee, even to this day, there are, um, over there, there are, I was watching somebody do a film recently, and there were shepherds with sheep in the background. And it wasn't staged. It was like, these are real shepherds and real sheep. <laughs> and they were doing, it was Perry Stone, actually. He was doing a video, so this is a while back. And behind him was some shepherds and sheep walking up on the hill in Jerusalem. So a lot of that's still there. But Jesus said, I'm the shepherd, the good shepherd goes before the sheep and the sheep follow them. Notice the shepherd doesn't get behind the sheep and beat them. The The good shepherd, they know his voice, they recognize his voice, and it produces a security in that sheep that I can trust that. I can trust that voice. That's my shepherd. They will take care of me. They're not going to hurt me. Amen? And so he's, whatever noise he makes, and they use different calls and so forth, you know, he'll start to walk and the sheep will just follow him. And if he goes this way, they go this way. If he goes this way, the sheep just follow him. They just, whatever, whichever direction he goes, they just follow him. Okay? Now look at, you're there in John 10. Look at verse 27. Okay? I'm wrapping this up. In John 10, verse 27, my sheep. Hear my voice. Say, that's me. Okay, now, the Bible calls us sheep. We're not literal sheep, but it's figuratively, as an illustration. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any of them pluck them out of my hand. Hallelujah. But here's the, the, the phrase that I wanted to bring out to you. You know this if you've been around here any length of time. I'm God's sheep and I hear His voice. <clears throat> so that's going to be my confession. Now, I've, I've, like I said, I've been around this a little while and there's been times through the years where people, um, church folks, in my church at the time, 
Maybe the first church I pastored, you know, that would say things like, and I'm having such a hard time hearing God. But they're so quick to say what the devil's saying. No, I'm not kidding you. This is truth. The devil said this. The devil said that. Well, okay. Did he appear to you? No. Did he appear in a red suit, pitchfork, horns? No. But they knew it was bad. If you can hear from the devil, why can't you hear from God? Amen? Now, let, let, let's close here today. I, I saw something here just the other day as I was meditating on Hebrews chapter 3. Go there, and we'll close here this morning. This is so important. Sometimes it's more difficult to hear the Lord's voice when you're in the midst of a test or trial. Do you find that to be true? Sometimes you're like, yes. oh, God, what are you saying right now? You know, because you're in the middle of this storm. Wind and the waves are blown, not literally, but figuratively in your life, you know. And uh, doubt, it's always doubt that comes against you, you know. You ever have a doubtful thought before? You ever have a, a thought that comes, you're not going to make it this time. You're not going to, you don't have what it takes this time. You don't have enough faith. You haven't prayed long enough. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. That's a life in the pit of hell. Amen. If you can hear my voice in this room, you can certainly hear God's voice. Amen. And my prayer is that my voice and his voice will be one and the same when I speak to you. Amen. Because God uses people. He can speak to us through our spirits, but He also speaks through through other people as well. Amen? Now, my sheep hear my voice. So you can personalize that and you can begin to say, because we're talking about distinguishing God's voice, hearing God's voice more clearly, is make a habit of saying, Father, and this is how I do it, I say, I'm your sheep and I hear your voice. I hear the voice of of the good shepherd. And the shepherd would provide protection for the sheep, a natural shepherd. He would, pro- he would provide protection. He would also provide provision and comfort and lead them to still waters because sheep do not drink out of water that's moving. It has to be still. And he leads me beside the still waters In other words, there's calmness, there's peace. They feel comfortable, now they can drink. Okay? So the the, the, the natural shepherd would provide protection, number one. Number two, provision. That's a good deal, isn't it? Well, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. He didn't say, I'm the bad shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He literally did that. Amen. And by the way, he still continues to do that. He's still a giver. He's still giving his life for us. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's our go-between. When, G- when you pray, Jesus said this. He says, when you pray, pray to the Father in my name. How do we go to the Father? In the name of Jesus. He represents us. That's how he ever lives to make intercession for us. Amen. So you're going to the Father in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, which guarantees immediate access to the throne room of God. Glory to God. Thank you for those three amens back there. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's close here in Hebrews. Okay. Hebrews, the third chapter.
And Apostle Paul, and Brother Dan brought this out so marvelously last week when he was teaching on this too as well. Um, God gave, Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Hebrews. When the Lord, when Jesus, Brother Hagin had a visitation from the Lord on one occasion, he asked him, he said, who wrote the book of Hebrews? He said, well, that's the Apostle Paul. Okay? So we know where it came from. Amen? Because it, 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 it lines up with the way he's, his thought pattern in other, of his, in other of his books and so forth. Amen. Wherefore, verse 7, that's Hebrews 3, verse 7. Hallelujah. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, hmm, that means the Holy Ghost has a voice. Okay? You'll read in the Gospel of John that when this Jesus said regarding the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will not speak of His own initiative, but whatever He hears, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit has a voice, but He only speaks what He hears Jesus say. Are you with me? He doesn't come out on His own and say something over here, and then Jesus says something over here. They're one and the same. They're different individuals, but they're one in purpose. Is that right? So, he said right here, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you hear His voice, which means you can or can't, it's up to you. Folks, do you have a voice? Do you have ears to hear today what the Holy Spirit is saying? There is, no, there is absolutely no reason that you should walk out of this room this morning discouraged. The only reason that you would walk out of here discouraged today is if you didn't hear what I'm saying or what the Lord is saying. Or don't believe it. If you don't believe it, you'll stay in that same level. Okay? But he says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Now, I was reading this two days ago. I was meditating. I'm going through the book of Hebrews right now, myself personally. And it's interesting that he, he talks about don't harden your hearts today if you hear his voice as in the provocation or the day of temptation. That's when it seemingly seems difficult sometimes to hear from God that when you're in the wilderness of life and you're in the middle of a temptation, uh, temptation could just mean to quit, to give cast it away. Don't believe this anymore. That's a temptation. Is that going to get you anywhere? No. Okay? To give in to temptation, satanic uh, temptation, is only going to cause you to go backwards, not forwards. It will never help you, ever. Okay? But he says right here, harden not your hearts. If you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the provocation of the day of temptation in the wilderness. Okay? Well, what did they do? They hardened their hearts. Was God trying to talk to them? Of course. He was talking to them through Moses. Now again, this is before Christ. This is before the new birth. So God was using a prophet who was really their pastor as well. Moses. <coughs> pastor Moses. God was speaking through the leadership of Israel. Moses and then eventually Joshua who took over Moses' position. Okay? So, when the Israelites wanted to hear from God, 
they had to hear what Moses was saying because Moses was a prophet anointed by the Spirit of God who heard directly face to face from the Lord. Okay? He's getting the directions. Now he's going to give the directions to the Israelites. And if they listen to what Moses is saying, they're going to have peace, liberty, and joy, and provision. But the problem is, they didn't believe that God was speaking to them. Some of them did. Some did, but others didn't. And we'll read on right here. It says, verse 9 says, When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Ah, think about that. They saw his works, his miracles, signs and wonders for 40 years. And he says, yet I was grieved with that generation. God says, I was grieved with them. They always do err in their heart and have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath after 40 years, God's long-suffering, they shall not enter into my rest or the promised land. And then he addresses the church right here. He says, take heed. Say, take heed. What does that mean? That means to pay attention. Listen. <laughs> take heed, brethren, that's Christian, lest there be any of you of an evil heart. Of what? Unbelief. God calls an evil heart a heart of unbelief. Whoa. And departing from the living God. Now think about that. That, that encourages me. That doesn't condemn me. That helps me. I don't want to have an evil heart of unbelief. He's kept saying today, if you, we'll see it again. He said this statement again. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. Don't, don't reject what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Verse 12 again. Take heed, brethren, that there, uh, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Say, unbelief, unbelief. Is, evil. is evil. We shouldn't tolerate it. You and the Christian, these are us, we're born again. We should not tolerate any unbelief. Praise the Lord. Don't tolerate it. Amen. I know Brother Mark Hankins, when he was talking about when his wife is in the hospital with an inoperable brain tumor, you know. She was healed, by the way. You know. Um, <laughs> it's so, he's so funny. He said, I put a heavy set Holy Ghost filled woman outside of the room, you know, and said, no, big sign that said, no unbelief allowed. And she would vet the different people that would come to visit, you know, because there was no unbelief allowed in this room. Amen. And it's funny when you hear it, but it's, he was absolutely serious about it. No unbelief in this room, bless the Lord. Amen. And that's the kind of sign that we need to put. No trespassing in our spiritual life, in our house. No unbelief is allowed in my house, in me. I will not permit it. Amen. There's two kinds of unbelief, you know that. There's, well, the first kind of unbelief is ignorance. You just don't know any better. But the, the second kind is more evil, and that's where you hear good news, but you choose not to believe that. That's unbelief as well, but that's more evil because you have a choice. The first kind of unbelief, you know, like Paul said, I did it ignorantly in unbelief, you know, before he was saved. You know, he persecuted the church of God. He goes, I did it ignorantly in unbelief. In other words, he didn't know. But then there's a second kind of unbelief where you hear the good news, you see it, you hear it, but then you say, I refuse to listen to that. Yeah, that's rebellion. Okay? And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. 
rebellion against, I don't want to be that way. I want to have a heart that's tuned into God, sensitive to Him. Okay, let's finish this. In verse uh, 13 it says, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We are made partake, for we are made partakers of Christ if we build, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now here's this verse, this phrase again, verse 15. While it is said, second time, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they heard it, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of, of Egypt by Moses but with whom he was grieved for 40 years. Was it not with them that he had, they had sinned, his carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swore that they should not enter his rest, but to them that believed not? And we see, verse, five, this, verse 19, they could not enter in because of unbelief. Why couldn't they get in the promised land? Because of unbelief. We know this story about Joshua and Caleb, right? The spies, right? The only ones that got in, and, and by the way, Joshua and Caleb and those that were underneath them 20 years and younger were the only ones that were able to go into the promised land. What happened to the rest? They died in the wilderness. Do you know at it, 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 uh, it Mount Sinai, you know, and you can actually, you can actually visit there now. You can act, it's opened up in the last two years. You can actually go visit Mount Sinai, the Burnt Peak and all that, you know. There's an ancient graveyard that's only two miles from Mount Sinai when the, when the Israelites rebelled and sinned and, and worshipped the golden calf. Remember God destroyed thousands of them that day? There's an ancient graveyard that's just two miles from Mount Sinai that's still there. There's stones that stick up everywhere. It's the only place. That was not God's will. That was not God's will. God's will was that they enter in to the, the rest of faith, ultimately bringing them into the promised land. Okay? But the Lord said they, 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 they departed. Most of them departed. The majority. They departed from God because of an evil heart. Of what? Unbelief. Our greatest enemy is unbelief. Please stop. As a, as a Christian, our greatest enemy is unbelief. And we need to treat it like a poisonous snake. You don't tolerate that. Okay? You know, if you've got a venomous, poisonous snake, you don't want that as a friend, as a pet. Because the nature of that snake is to lash out. You can feed that snake, pet it, and all that kind of stuff. You know, be real nice to it. But that thing's going to turn around. It's going to bite you. Because that's the nature of a snake. And that snake has venom in it that can kill a person. Okay? We don't make friends with unbelief. We kick it out. <laughs> Amen? Am I speaking too blunt this morning? Okay. Um, and sometimes we just have to, we just have to have a Holy Ghost service in our own house. <laughs> Man, we had a move of God last night in our house. You know, Holy Ghost meeting. What happened? We kicked out unbelief. Not going to tolerate it. Amen? If God calls unbelief evil, then it's evil to us too. Because it's meant to be a thief and a robber to stop us from entering in 
to the things that God has for us. Amen? But I'm so encouraged because we're not going to do that. Amen? And Brother Hagin said that, he said, some of the greatest things I've ever received from the Lord came when I had faith in my heart, but I still had doubt in my head. Now, I've heard him say that many times. He said, there's a difference between your head and your heart. He goes, many times I've received things from the Lord when I had doubt in my head, but I had faith in my heart. And I still received it. Now, I'm saying that to say this. Just because you have a doubt come to your head doesn't mean you're a doubter. Okay? Every time, can I be real honest with you? Every time that I've gone to pray for healing for myself or for someone else, I'll have the thought come to my mind, they're not going to get it this time. Every time. You think I'd be used to it from now on, right? You know. I'm just being. I'm, I'm getting down where the rubber meets the road to tell you that even Pastor Keith has doubts come against him. When I pray for things and I pray for other people, or even pray for my own needs or whatever, you know, there's times I'll have doubt in my head, doubt coming against my head. Does that mean I'm a doubter? No. That's coming from out there. We have. Our faith is of the heart, not the head. Okay? That's how you got saved. Believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth. Whether you felt like it or not, you, re- you received. Amen? Praise the Lord. So just don't be surprised. Don't be surprised, saith the Lord. If you have doubts, come to your head. For you see, those are designed by the prince of the power of the air. Their main goal and their main desire is to bring doubt to your head, but if you know where it came from and you know where it was launched from, you can look at it square in the eyes and say, no, you don't. You're not coming to my house for I believe in my heart. Faith is in my heart and I cast down every imagination. I cast down every thought. I cast down every thought of unbelief and I'm a good receiver. That's what you are to say, saith the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Where'd that come from? Out of my spirit. Epicenter, (laughs) out of my heart, out of my innermost being. Amen? Well, evidently God wanted to say something, right? And I have ears to hear what he's saying. Praise the Lord. So in the day of provocation, the day of temptation, that's that's when it's so easy to not hear accurately from here. But God speaks in the midst of our chaos. When God moved on the face of the deep in the Old Testament, God moved. He's not afraid of chaos. It came in the book of Genesis and moved. The Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. Chaos. There was a flood, a pre-flood before the Adams, before Noah's flood. There was another flood. The whole earth was flooded from Satan's fall. Okay? There were two floods. The first flood was when Satan fell from heaven. And God destroyed the whole earth and it said he was replenishing the earth. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep while there had to be a flood if there was deep. Okay? That's where all the dinosaurs and stuff came from and so forth. That's when they were destroyed. Okay? We're going deep here. (laughs) Amen? But God is not afraid of our chaos. And that's why Hebrews says in the day of temptation in the wilderness... um, He said, today, this day, in the day of temptation, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. 
God is saying, look, I want to to encourage you when you're being tempted, when you're up against the wall and you feel tempted to give in and quit and give up, that's the day of temptation in your life, right? Well, he says today, if you hear his voice in the midst of that, don't harden your hearts. Don't close me off. Don't block me. Let the Lord speak to you. Amen? You know, it's, you know, on our telephones, on our cell phones, you know, you can have, uh, on mine, you know, it's, it's all touch, it's all touch screen, you know what I'm saying? But it says, uh, you know, you can mute the person you're, you're talking to. And sometimes I'll be talking to someone and my face will rub up against that button and it'll mute the person. You know what I mean? I can hear them, but they can't hear me. I've done that with my wife, not on purpose. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my face touched the mute button, right? You know, so I'm like talking, you know. But a lot of times, you know, we do that with God. We mute him. We say, we don't realize we're muting him. And he's, want, he's trying to communicate to us. He's trying to talk to us. Amen? So say this in closing. Say, I have ears to hear what the Holy Ghost, what the Holy Spirit is saying to me this day. I don't follow the stranger's voice. I shut him down every single time. Amen. Hallelujah. What is the voice of God? The voice of encouragement, the voice of love, the voice of comfort, the voice that overcomes all obstacles, the trials and tests that you're in the midst of right now. His voice is more powerful than that. And it's coming from within. And he'll give you courage and strength. In the midst of adversity. And he'll even show you things to come. Even though it hasn't happened yet. He will do that. And I better quit because I'm out of time. Amen. Thank you Lord Jesus. Well this is offering time. Hallelujah. Um, We want to give the opportunity to sow your finances into the gospel of the kingdom of God. Amen. If you'd like an envelope just lift your hand up and our ushers will get one to you. You have no idea how hard it is to quit preaching when you get under the anointing like this. That's a tough decision. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because when you get under that anointing, that holy anointing, oh, you just don't want it to stop. Amen. Did you receive today from the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Now, today, we give our seed to God. What a privilege. Amen. As we sow to Him, we expect Him to give back to us. He's a good God. He's a good Father. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, give that mic to Brother Dan, if you, you don't mind. Dan, could you pray over this today? And thank you, Lord. And then we'll go ahead and receive. Thank you, Lord. Father, again, we just thank you for the word of the living God. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you that we know that we can hear you. And we know that you declared in your word that we are to bring the tithes and offerings into your storehouse so there's meat in your house. You said to prove you, put you to the test. Yes, Lord. So that's what we're doing. We're not hardening our hearts, but we're opening our hearts unto what you've commanded us to do. And we're trusting you now as we give our tithes and offerings that you're rebuking a devourer for our sake. You're opening unto us your windows of heaven. And you're pouring out unto us blessings that we have not room enough to contain. And Father, we're loosening the mighty ministering spirits. You've declared that they've been sent forth to minister for those that are heirs of salvation. And we say, angels of God, you go forth and cause those blessings that come on us and overtake us. 
We declare and decree before you, Jesus, the Thank high you, priest Lord. of our confession, yes, Lord. that we are the blessed of the Lord, Hallelujah. not cursed, because yes. you bore that curse for yes, us. Lord. We thank you for all the work that you did for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Brother Dan. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God's so good, isn't he? Mm. He's so wonderful. I can't hardly wait to get here next Sunday, I can tell you that. Well, again, um, tomorrow night, if, if you would like to join us on our prayer line, uh, if you need that phone number, see Joshua afterwards. He has the phone number back there um, for our conference call. If you don't have that, any, that number anymore, he'll give you that phone. It's a direct number. There's no access code to it. You just call that number, and, um, and it will start at 7 o'clock tomorrow. I'll be on earlier, a little bit before that, you know, to be the first one on there. And, uh, and we'll lift some, some things up to the Lord, praise the Lord. So that'll be tomorrow night um, at 7 p.m. So we're going to designate the first Monday of the, all these months coming up here for the summer, for, for April, for May, for June, July, August. The first Monday we'll designate uh, for prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So if, if you have any things on your heart, prayer requests too. Um, write those things down as well. Praise God. Lynn Poo, do you have anything else before we...